You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi guys, I'm Prasad Banerjee and I write about tech at Mint. And this is Tech Etra, a podcast where we ta- tackle some hot topics in technology and also bust some myths. So around the end of last month, we did an event called the Mint AI Summit. This was basically an event where we got a lot of industry folks together to talk about what comes in technology in future, what's happening today, and of course the central theme was artificial intelligence or AI. One of the panels in this was on Web3, moderated by yours truly, and we had panelist Jaspreet Bindra who is the chief tech whisperer at Findability Sciences. He's actually a very well-known name in the Indian tech industry. We had Praful Chandra, who built a startup called CoinEarth and built the digital passport on the MG Aster vehicle. And we also had Suraj Ayer, who runs a startup called Question What's Real or QWR. We spent about 20 minutes talking about Web3 and where all of this blockchain and cryptocurrency and the metaverse are going to go. In this episode, you'll hear excerpts from that panel. So we of course started the panel as any Web3 panel should. What is Web3? And Praful Chandra had a pretty interesting answer. I think the best way to understand Web3 is to kind of go back to the last 20 years and see what has happened. So if you just turn back the clock and go back and look at the web as it was in the 1990s. Basically what it was was a bunch of companies or a bunch of academic professors or universities putting out information that the average person could consume. And we call that web 1.0 or the read web, where you could read content which was published by a very few people. Fast forward to the 2000s and the big change was what we call web 2.0. And most of us don't realize it, but there was a huge thing that web 2.0 enabled, which is that you could tweet or you could put a Facebook post or you could put something on Instagram. And we called it the read write web, which means that the average person could not only read the content put out by a select few, but they could also write content. In other words, this was also called user-generated content. And the reason it is important is because fortunes and companies were built with the read write web, whether it's Instagram, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, right? All of these companies are built based or YouTube based on user-generated content. And what is happening now is what we call Web3, which we call is the read, write, own web. And that single word, ownership, I think is the big idea in Web3. Can you register ownership of physical objects, of digital objects, of data, of intellectual property on the web? And that ownership can be transacted as seamlessly as data is today. So for me, that really is the big differentiator of the read-write-own web. So we often don't think about Web 1, Web 2, and then Web 3. In fact, what we don't think about is Web 1. What Ruffle explained there is how the internet has evolved and what Web 3 will do for us in future. And we moved on to the metaverse and Web 3. Two terms that are often used interchangeably even by many of us tech journalists. But they're actually not the same. And Suraj Ayer, 
whose startup is called Question What's Real, had a pretty interesting answer. So what you guys need to understand is the internet in general is going to evolve from a 2D form factor to a 3D form factor, right? Now, this 3D form factor really requires a visual interface that is way beyond a smartphone in general because it's still going to give you only 2D information. So when you say metaverses, metaverses, the, the three parallels that run side by side uh, in order to enable something called a metaverse is basically a 3D web which is a 3D internet in general, meaning websites are now going to be in 3D, like you can actually enter a website and, you know, walk around it and then check out stuff rather than having to just scroll and tap on, uh, tap on screens. The second part is the blockchain element, which basically allows every transaction and everything to be anonymized as well as logged in a centralized repository, which is shared amongst pretty much everybody, hence being decentralized. And the third thing is what we are working on, which is basically augmented and virtual reality computers, which are basically the future of your computers in general, right? It is, uh, it is a matter of fact that uh, irrespective of whatever you're going to do, you are going to wear computers on your head, whether you like it or not. And uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately now, uh, with the advent of Web3, the, uh, the adoption curve of AR, VR devices in general is now peaking up. So uh, the 10 cents that I wanted to add was that AR and VR basically enables Web3 in a more immersive manner so that people can consume better, right? And uh, last, lastly, what I would like to say is 4G is already allowing you to consume pretty much all of what the internet is able to offer you today. So what are we going to do with 5G and what are we going to do with that bandwidth, right? What we're going to be able to do with that bandwidth is when we adopt technologies like Web3, blockchain and AR, VR together, that's when 5G will really be exploited to its whole uh, and the actual utility of 5G can be realized. Now, Suraj, of course, talked about the 3D internet and how things will eventually go to 3D. But the best way to understand the difference between Web3 and Metaverse was probably in what Jaspreet Bindra said. The way I like to simplify it is that the Metaverse in many ways is like the UI of Web3. Okay, it's a different user interface. Now, of course, a lot of the Web3 will happen when 5G eventually comes. And we do expect 5G in India from sometime next year. But even before that, there are implementations of Web3 that are already happening. Of course, most of us look at them as cryptocurrencies and probably some of those virtual games. But there's actually many more meaningful implementations that are there. And Praful is one of the people who builds those implementations. I think the first places that we are seeing Web3 take off is in the blockchain space, right? Primarily because it is the fabric on which ownership is built. Now, the last decade was focused on cryptocurrency, which you think about is ownership of currency in some sense. What we are seeing this year is NFTs or non-fungible tokens coming out in a big, big way. right? Um, and I think that will be the second leg of how you establish ownership in Web3. Simply put, an NFT is a certificate of ownership, right? Now, most of the focus today on the web is about using these certificates to register the ownership of digital art, right? But very quickly, we are going to see this to evolve to certificate of ownerships of intellectual capital, copyrights, 
uh, of physical objects like cars and lands, land records, and then certificates of ownerships of what we call human capital. Can you actually invest in a person's future revenue potential? Right? So this whole idea is coming to terms, right? So NFT platforms are basically trying to take different asset classes and convert them into capital so that they can be collateralized, borrowed against, crowdfunded, and so on and so forth. So Praful talked about the implementations of Web3. That is, where do we already see Web3 at work? If you've actually seen something called Silicon Valley, that was that HBO show, I quite like it. They actually showed this very well. They tried to build a whole new internet, a decentralized internet. And that's what Web3 will be. You see it in bits and parts right now. For example, if you own a MG Aster vehicle, there's something called the digital passport in that, where you're sharing data with other parties without actually giving them access to your own personal files. Similarly, cryptocurrencies is another example. There are games that run on the whole Web3 platform and so on. But now in all of this, there is this implementation of artificial intelligence. Over, say, the last decade or so, we have all talked about AI and how AI is sort of changing the world. But what's happening today is AI is becoming a foundational technology for what will happen in future. And Jaspreet Bindra explained that pretty well. We do love mashing up technologies, you know, to see what happens. But, you know, AI is a horizontal, ubiquitous technology. It's like electricity. You only know when it doesn't, it's not there. Okay, but otherwise, we don't even know that it's kind of doing stuff. And so, in many ways, much of the foundational grunt work of making current and new and future Web3 systems work is going to be driven by AI. I mean, think about it. See, the good thing about centralized systems is that they are simpler and it's far more efficient. Okay. The moment you decentralize, while well, it's all very nice, okay, it becomes very, very... The work involved is much, much higher. The energy involved, etc., is much higher. And to optimize that, to make that work pretty much like electricity, okay, AI will be running all or most of it to make it happen in an optimized, efficient manner. So, you know, it's just at that level. The second part, quick one, is that, look, uh, AI feeds on data. And data so far has been coming from all these Web2-based, uh, at least personal data, uh, Web2-based uh, websites that we have and now with web3 you know you it the because it's owned data is going to be owned by the users plus there's going to be data which is going to be generated by all the machines ubiquitous okay and again the whole nature of ai would change and it would be ai which would be kind of powering all of that so it's very difficult to say what what because it's if this hotel runs on electricity so does the next one now of course the panel had to end with how far we are from web3 but that's actually something that's easier to ask than answer. Which is why Suraj Ayer, for example, said that some of these things are already here. We aren't that too far. But then, you know, when you say like decentralization of the internet in general, like according to me, if I have to uh, compare that to something else, like the only thing I can think of which I can compare that to is pretty much building like a self-sustaining society on Mars, right? The problem of decentralizing something that has already been centralized is going to be that tough a challenge. 
as much as a challenge that probably an, a, a guy like an Elon Musk is foreseeing in the future. So that's probably how difficult it is. But then we are on a steady curve, and as many people uh, try and get into the game and try to push the push the wheel forward, I think that we would be. Uh, it's just a decade away. Praful has another opinion that. while it started with crypto it is moving to nfts and it will move slowly and slowly i think the technology is here ready to go uh, i think for 18 to 30 year olds it is being adopted as we speak and for the rest of the population it is for them to follow but what suraj and praful surmised is basically what is happening today in the world of technology there is a concept of singularity which is basically a time when technology is progressing and cannot really be controlled anymore at this moment you should be thinking ultron from avengers it's basically that time when ai becomes very very powerful when ai becomes as intelligent as humans and all of that it's really sci-fi and there are people in the world who do believe in that jasprit bindra is actually a teacher at an institute called singularity so i asked him to answer that question from the singularity point of view you made it very simple for me now okay 2039 <laughs> well that's what is supposedly the latest date of singularity which is when you know agi artificial intelligence becomes more smarter but look the only thing i would say is and singularity also probably says that that It's not going to. We're not going to wake up in the morning and be in the Web three world. It, technology doesn't happen, <laughs> or change doesn't happen that way. It's going to be by dribs and drabs. Okay, small, 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 small little things happening. Uh, the way everyone, all of us, have been talking about it happening here and then happening somewhere else and then happening somewhere else. And even as we are in Web two world, there is still the Web one part. Lots of it still there. And so it's not going to just like transition. But uh, over the next few decades until twenty thirty nine. is when it's going to happen so as movies like avengers and all have taught us the singularity is probably not something that we want but it is also something that we will probably eventually get to what we need to know however is that there was a cartoon in 1964 called johnny quest which showed us the metaverse the term metaverse in turn was coined somewhere around 1992 by author neil stephenson and it is only today that we are actually looking at the first steps of the metaverse and of web3 now i don't know when web3 will actually happen what i do know is that when it does it's going to bring in these new utilities these new apps these new platforms and in a way it's going to change everything that we do today in a more meaningful manner and that's it for this week's episode please do let me know what you thought of it and what else you would want me to cover you can find me on instagram and twitter at undertaker yes you heard that right that's u n d e r t e c h e r you can also give us feedback at ht smartcast we're present on facebook twitter and instagram and please do log on to htsmartcast.com and listen to all of our productions This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.